so many memories have come flooding back. I put this song on repeat, just crying my eyes out. It made me feel so bloody alive. This song really nails a feeling of nostalgia for a place. And we'll just stop talking and just stare at the radio. It's part of the noble genre of songs by women about masturbation. I love it, I love that song so much. Box. Meet people through their music with Ash Berdebez on FBI. Well, hello there. What a fantastic morning on which to make some radio. And uh, thanks so much to Alex Pye for taking care of the morning's really great songs. And as always, you can check it out on the website to see what she played if you had something catch your ear. They're all written up there diligently as the morning progresses. And today on Out of the Box, I've been kind of gearing up to today's show and it's been a bit interesting because I found myself constantly referring to my guest by the name of her artistic alter rather than her actual name. So her actual name is Emma May Gibson and she's a performance artist and she's my guest today on the show. But she's also the creator of Betty Grumble, so obscene beauty queen Betty Grumble, feminist clown Betty Grumble. And I can pretty much say for almost certain that it's the first feminist clown I've ever had on Out of the Box today. So welcome on the show. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. (laughs) So you're here as MMA, obviously. That's probably worth stressing. Otherwise, people are going to be picturing something quite different. What might they be picturing if they're picturing Betty Grumble? I don't know. A bikini-clad monster kind of sprawling across the decks. (laughs) Gyrating sex clown. Gyrating, yeah. Blood. That's what you want. Yeah. Well, how's it been actually putting together all the songs in the lead up to the show? I feel like, you know, we've we've only just cut it in terms of picking the songs at the last moment. What's it been like? Yeah, I found it really challenging because I wanted to play, uh, I I just wanted to showcase the vastness of my, like what I listen to. and uh, I just the the I'm surrounded by so many great musicians as well, so I wanted to make sure that I yeah. played them. Yeah, you would hate to have someone just go, oh, um, so why didn't you play that song? You said you really yeah, liked my music, and that I'm just might so... still happen. <laughs> but <laughs> no, I, I I found it a really satisfying thing to do as well because I kind of reflected and decided to pick tracks today about just where I'm at right now as well. So I don't have like this thing like, oh, this is you know, when I die, people will look at this and they will know what I was about. <laughs> hey, look, that hasn't happened yet with Out of the Box, but I'm sure that when someone asks me for a podcast for a funeral, it's going to be like a really weird time for a lot of people involved because there's been a lot of questionable questionable music on the show. Yeah. yeah. Well, I did want to include my funeral song, so we'll see if we play <laughs> End that. Up playing that. Yeah. All right. Well, the first track of the day is uh, the wonderfully titled Piss Factory. <laughs> Who's it by? <laughs> Patty Smith, who is just an absolute hero of mine and so many others. Uh, yeah, I, I've just actually finished reading Just Kids, which is all about her and Robert Maplethorpe in New York, figuring out how to be humans and figuring out how to be artists. And that's where I'm at at the moment. I think she just has such a beautiful way about writing words so I wanted to start with piss factory exactly some beautiful words all right listen up on FBI 94.5 this is out of the box my guest today is Emma May Gibson Sixteen in time to pay off 
get this job in a piss factory inspecting pipe. 40 hours, $36 a week, but it's a paycheck, Jack. It's so hot in here, hot like Sahara. You could faint from the heat, but these bitches are just too lame to understand. Too goddamn grateful to get this job, to know they're getting screwed up the ass. All these women that got no teeth and gum or cranium, and the way they suck hot sausage. But me, well, I wasn't saying too much neither. I was more a schoolgirl, hard-working asshole. I figured I was speedo motorcycle. I had to earn my dough, had to earn my dough. But now you gotta, you gotta be late, right? You gotta find the rhythm within. The floor boss slides up to me and he says, hey, sister, you're just moving too fast. You're screwing up the quota. You're doing your piecework too fast. Now you get off your Mustang, Sally. You ain't going nowhere. You ain't going nowhere. I lay back. I get my nerve up. I take a swig of rum along. I walk up to hot shit dot hook and I say, hey, hey, sister. It don't matter whether I do labor fast or slow. There's always more labor after. She's real Catholic, see? She fingers her cross and she says, there's one reason. There's one reason. You do it my way or I push your face in. We need you in the john if you don't get off your Mustang, Sally. If you don't shape it up, baby. Shake it up, baby. Twist and shout. Oh, what I could with a radio here. James Brown singing I love someone. Oh, the Chester's and the Paragons and Georgia Woods, the guy with the goods and guided missiles. But no, I got nothing, no diversion, no window. Nothing here but a porthole in the plaster. In the plaster where I look down, look down at sweet Teresa's convent. All those nurses, all those nuns scattered around with their Smooth those hands against hot steel Not having to worry about the in-speed The dogma, the in-speed of labor Oh, they look pretty damn free down there The way they smell The way they smell Here I gotta be up here Smelling dot, hooks, midwife, sweat I would rather smell the way Boys smell Oh, the school boys The way their legs flap under the desk And study hard Turn, no, never return to 
kicking off the show today with some Patti Smith, because why not? My guest today is Emma Mae Gibson, and she brought on that song, and it is on a list with a lot of other female artists. I've realised that this is probably one of the first almost all-female artist playlists that I've had on Out of the Box. Yeah. Was that deliberate? I No. I just... It's just like I said before, it's where I'm at at the moment and I wanted to use this as an opportunity to, I mean, I was looking at, I mean, Patti Smith and then I was looking at Diamanda Galas, Anina Hagen and all these people and, I, and I'm looking at the list in front of me now like, hey, yeah, everybody's a woman or a drag queen or <laughs> trans yeah. or, uh, you know, all these fluid, powerful bodies um, making, uh, making their voices heard in ways that are challenging normativity. Awesome. I think. Yeah. I think so. And who would have thought that it would have been such a conceptual playlist? Because you're just trying to sum yourself up in music in so many ways, you know, what you're interested in, you know. I may be my greatest work of art. No, no, no. I I, I guess it's hard to turn off my senses. I want to be listening to things that are constantly pushing me, that I find challenging, uh, that I find disruptive to society and that's what I want to be as well, you know, in a beautiful, love-filled, magical way. So disruptive, not in kind of like an annoying kid in class way. but no, in, not in like, like kicking a, over yeah. bins for no reason. <laughs> mm. Cool. So I guess I guess it's kind of almost a bit of a feminist playlist. Are you a feminist yourself? I am a feminist. Ah, yeah. Good yeah. to hear. So do you know when you kind of became, you know, kind of like able to say, I am a feminist? Do you yeah. remember that time? I do. Mm. It was... Yeah, university, second year university. It's about um, the right time, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, when you know, you're going, wow, my God, surrealism, wow. You're discovering all these things you think nobody's you know, thought yeah. of before. Yeah, all of the isms. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I just went, oh, I just was surrounded, surrounding myself with powerful women as well, powerful queer women, and uh, just through observing the way that they were moving through the world, I went, oh, no, this is like, really powerful to name yourself, like language is very interesting to me in that way, that it can be so powerful but then also so destructive as well. I guess I was thinking about that when I put this playlist together. Yeah, I'm a feminist. Awesome. Actually, speaking of feminism, there was um we were talking before and it was kind of you picking a song that actually was by someone who's a bit of an eco-feminist and you're a bit of an eco-feminist yourself mm. and that word just immediately to me sounded a little bit BS. I was like, eco-feminism, <laughs> what is eco-feminism? Yeah. But I'd actually like to hear a bit about what you think eco-feminism is and is what it is to you. Yeah, I, I've also been naming myself an eco-sexual as well. And it's like I was saying about language, uh, choosing words and even in the, the saying of those words that shifts things but eco-sexuality and eco-feminism and eco-feminism is uh, you know an ecology about the earth and an ecology about returning to the earth and not in a way where you're kind of disregarding the masculine and putting you know the mother body up on a pedestal uh although it can have elements of that in it but um annie sprinkle says it really well who's a who's an amazing performance artist that i'm very inspired by and she has a thing called the ecosexuals are coming and she says that ecosexuality is just about shifting the focus of the mother earth body to the lover earth body so not the, the not the earth as a mother 
but the earth is a lover. Yeah, and that, you think about how people treat their mums yeah, these days. Yeah, I know. You kind Hi, of think, mom. you know, yeah. Hi, mum, can I have some money? <laughs> I, like, what, did you make me a sandwich? <laughs> yeah, I've just been finding that really useful in thinking about my own lived experience and my own anger and thinking about violence and how 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 the my experience of the woman body may be connected to the experience of the earth body and that it's fun to shift that yeah. you know like Annie Sprinkles doing this thing with her partner Beth over in the states where they're marrying mountains and marrying liver uh, <laughs> where was I you, last you night? could um <laughs> marrying, marrying uh rivers as these acts of protest but they're so full of humor and love that I'm very interested in that trail of doing that's awesome. And so I guess it's kind of, you know, thinking about gender and the environment, it's an interesting way of kind of understanding the global situation where you've mm. got a lot of, you know, like mining and annihilation mm. and pillaging of the earth in various ways. And if you yeah. try and like equate that with how that happens to women as well. Yeah. Is that kind women of of and it? vulnerable bodies, totally. Mm-hmm. That is totally it. You know, I we're being simultaneously annihilated and there is a sense, you know, capitalism shows us this sense of entitlement and, yes, I, the world is dominated by these rich and powerful men or, or institutions that are very patriarchal. I guess think about religion, you know, originated with men and science originated with men and kind of like trying to take things apart and use them as resources that's mm. led by men. I guess it kind of makes sense that ecofeminism is uh, almost a counter to all of those institutions. Yeah, it just tries to go, hey, I, maybe we should try things differently now. Yeah. Like, you know, this excavation of the earth is not, is not helping us. It's a quick fix for greed and money. But... um. And that's why we should all marry mountains. We should marry a mountain or marry a butterfly today. You can do it. <laughs> this is, but, you know, I battle very frequently with my own whimsical nature and then my own uh, misanthropic being as well. But I think that... What do you mean by that, sorry? I will, good question. Uh, I guess it's back to the love and anger thing that, uh, you know, I'm simultaneously full of hope and full of despair. Mm-hmm. Oh, but <laughs> you know, but then, th- then there's music made by like the the next person we might play, who is. A... Are we just gonna go with Aria? Yeah. Next, I think that's yeah, a really good idea. This is yeah, this is Aria Negro, and this is a magical, magical song. So, what do you love about Aria Negro? Is it Negro Negrot? Negro, I think so. I think Venezuelan, it's Negro. I don't yeah, know how Venezuelan to pronounce. Venezuelan queen who I had, who I've met on the dance floors of Sydney, and who is just an incredible being. Um, I, I love the magic in the music and the sense of joy and play. Awesome. Mm. You're listening to Out of the Box on FBI, and my guest today is Emma May Gibson, also known as Betty Grumble.
Great use of bird sound going on in this track. <laughs> by Aria Negrot, brought in by my guest today, Emma Mae Gibson, otherwise known as Betty Grumble. And uh, what, why again did you want to bring this song on? Uh, I got some um, memories of a time. Love it. I, yeah, we, we, some members of a gang I'm in and I were in a gang called Gang of She. And a couple of the members and I did an act underneath the Imperial that used to be an amazing queer venue. Shame, shame that it isn't anymore. But mm. we luckily got to perform there and we made these big, like one of us was a white cockatoo, one of us was a black cockatoo, one of us was a pink galah. And we made these garbage birds and did uh, this choreographed psychedelic nesting dance to it. And <laughs> I have fantastic. very fond memories of it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. 
It's an interesting thing to have done with your life. But anyway, you were just saying something about the Imperial a second ago. I used to work at the Imperial when oh. it was when it was queer. We had drag nights and stuff like yeah. that, you know. Yeah. And I remember kind of thinking, oh, it would be great to have someone from the Imperial that you know is a regular on out of the box. And I was like, oh, what if I have Betty Grumble on? And then I thought to myself, if you're a woman mm. playing at being a woman as you are with Betty Grumble. Mm. Is that still drag? Yes. It is? Yes. So, and then, you know, give me your idea about drag then. Drag. You know, some queens would disagree with me and that's fine because we don't all have to think the same way. But I consider myself a drag queen because I consider the sacred art of drag a dragging of reality, like up to the hyper real. And you are playing with gender. And just because I am a woman, you know, doesn't mean that because I'm playing up womanliness, femininity, doesn't make me any less of a drag queen. I don't think. Okay, so you're playing at being hyper feminine, which you well, aren't necessarily. You kind of uh, you you you're playing with ideas that people have around what indicates femaleness. That's a sense of humour that drag is, and a sense of glamour as well. So it's a simul simultaneous kind of worship of the woman and poking poking fun at the construction as well. That's interesting because it kind of seems like there's there's this thing between drag and burlesque. There's this kind of like crossover mm. that doesn't seem to yeah otherwise mm. register that you know you're you're basically poking fun, which I think was yeah, originally satire. yeah what burlesque was. Yeah, well, yeah, burl- bur- uh, burlesque is uh, you know meant to be about pulling down hierarchy and satire, you know, to to poke fun at the world and. It, it you know it shares space vaudevillian space with drag queens because they were doing similar things they were these bodies on stage trying to make people laugh or you know laugh but get, also think get them worked up and yeah, yeah it's satire cool mm. and i guess that's what you do with betty then yeah i hope so <laughs> <laughs> she tries yeah. so for people who don't know betty grumble Give us a bit of a lowdown. I guess one one way of doing it would be to talk about something like uh, a performance that you've done, perhaps the witch dance. Yeah, Tell yeah, us about yeah. The, the witch, witch dance. dance. Okay, yeah. So Betty looks uh, like kind of like a smash between a uh, kind of clown and a drag queen. She's got really big hair. She's Very got toddlers big, with tiaras vibe. Yes, yeah, yeah, she was born out of kind of looking at child beauty pageants and that, that that's drag onto itself as well. But uh, the witch dance, uh, Betty comes on and she's doing this bump and grind, which is like a traditional kind of burlesque style of dance and she's got you know the purple outfit and there's lots of tool and I dance to she dances she dances to evil woman you know evil woman (laughs) and she's shaking herself and it gets more and more violent and then she kind of clutches at her womb and turns around she's got blood all over herself and she pulls out her intestines and then jumps rope with them and then cuts out her tongue so she dances to death yeah, yeah. Or you know, I was working with yeah to death, but also the idea is this what you want? And the idea of the reveal because that's what burlesque is so much about, getting mm. down to this final reveal of yeah, using gigantic fans or you know that kind of. I've got, got fans I made out of fake money. Oh, nice. That's what you need yeah. in your wardrobe. Yeah. She's like, no, it's a bit warm today. I'm just going <laughs> to sit in the stands and watch them sport with a money fan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Well, that sounds pretty great. But, I mean, you know, the the ideas behind that for you, what are they more about, kind of? Uh, uh, 
shake... Obtuse questions, sorry. I, I know, no, it's good, it's good. They're about my love and anger and they're about Betty being a site for a commentary about uh, a world that expects us to behave a particular way and uh, the witch dance is also, you know, about... We're, we're putting these boxes, these containers, so Betty's body is spilling out of her container and hopefully contaminating those around her with laughter or horror. <laughs> Speaking of not women not behaving, we've got a song Ooh. to take now from Karen Finley. And before I forget, I'm assuming this is going to be explicit. This there is, is a language warning right now. It has explicit themes, mm-hmm. um, but not as explicit as some of her other works. And, you know, I, w- I would have loved to put Nina Hagen on or Dee Mandegales or Karen. Oh, no, I am doing Karen Finley. But I, I just chose this because... I'm just so in love with it. And big shout out to Striker Meyer who gave me this on CD when I was in Perth. Oh, bless. Yeah. All right. So is there anything else you want to say about this track before we just let it fly? Sushi, sushi, sushi.
good lord. So that, that right there is Karen Finley. And it's oh, quite an education right now for me at the hands of Emma May Gibson, who, after she's gone into a, a nightclub toilet, will then emerge as Betty Grumble. So, uh, yeah, Karen Finley, and it is called Sushi Party. Sushi Party. <laughs> so can you, can you just give us a bit of recap why that song is important to you? Uh, or this artist in particular? Yeah, just in thinking about rebellious women bodies and feminism and women that have gone before us and uh yeah i just i just think it's so funny as well it's so confrontational would have been amazing live oh yeah i mean i've only ever seen videos of karen finley like smothering herself in honey and screaming and rolling around and i really connect with that energy so (laughs) yeah that uh, thank you for letting me play sushi party oh well you know the the greater sydney area thanks you (laughs) (laughs) so yeah you're listening to out of the box and it is betty grumble more, you know, infrequently known as Emma Mae Gibson, which is her actual self. And we were kind of touching on it before. We were talking a little bit about burlesque and drag and the crossover and mm. and how things might have actually changed in the meaning of burlesque, or at least as, as the way it's performed today. Do you kind of feel like burlesque is has kind of retained its essential meaning of ridiculing? Mm. Yeah, I yeah, I do think it it has in its essence. Uh, I think though it has been commodified, like a lot of things, like a lot of um, uh, subcultures that happens to them, you know, like punk or anything, anything, everything, anything that threatens the status quo gets commodified uh, and then spat out in this kind of sanitized version. So I think there's Made less threatening, yeah, potentially a lot of that going on. But there's still there's amazing, there's amazing people, even right here in Sydney, there's amazing artists doing amazing subversive things. There were some worth checking out, actually. Oh, there's Glitter Supernova and um, Imogen Kelly's a living legend, Gypsy Wood from Melbourne, Lilacoy Chaos, just to name a few. Awesome. Hectic bodies. So does that mean that you kind of feel like you belong more in the burlesque scene or do you feel like you belong more in the drag scene? Is that kind of like, do you have a, a great affinity for one or the other? I think I wander lonely as a cloud. I think I can. No, no, no. no, I'm like a lightning bolt, just kind of tasting each genre. Uh, I feel very, very welcomed in, in all those worlds. And I think it's exciting to be like, oh, who am I? I think I may be some of these things, but I think I'm a grumble. Like, that is like create your own new thing to be and be influenced by lots of different things. Nice. So, um, you, you entered Miss Burlesque as a bit of a, as a, bit of a joke almost. I would argue it was a joke, even though I probably had my heart broken when I didn't win. Um, no. so, so what was that? What kind of day were you having when you were in Miss Burlesque? You know, what, what were the other people who were appearing with you on the stage doing? Um, uh, they were just being cool dudes doing their acts. So, you know, having uh, a bit of a bug. Yeah, yeah. Doing a bit of a reveal. Being, being cool, being beautiful. And that was great. And I had just, just created Betty. Oh. So I was still figuring out what it all meant anyway, but I thought it was, just, it was a really great tool to you know make some acts and do it in front of this huge crowd and and also to play with an institution because there are rules to that. So it was interesting to engage and you know you know <laughs> yeah. The thing with satire is some people don't 
get it and that's fine and there may have been a little bit of that going on but that's because you're grotesque as betty and people are usually beautiful in burlesque yeah well well, it's got you've got rules that you have to follow in that comp and i I did follow them technically but i still did it like like, oh you're neo which is what they call like the freaky section like your freaky style burlesque your neo is great but you're classic no you don't understand classic but i did all the things the rules asked me but i just did it with this like it was just betty doing it yeah (laughs) <laughs> has, there, has there been, I mean, I'm sure there would have been throughout your time as Betty Grumble, mm. feminist clown, I guess, in so feminist many Feminist clown, sex clown, mm. oscillate between those two. So many great words to use. But um, there would have been times <laughs> where people didn't get it. Have you? Can you kind of cast your mind back to certain mm. situations where you weren't really understood or where someone was trying to quiz you? Yeah, it's more, I mean, it's that's it's kind of deliberate. If, like, if you look at people like Divine and Lee Bowery and uh, there's a history of that camp uh, sensibility when you move through space um, and drag queens know all about it as well. It's just, it, it's divisive. Like, people are either on board or not. There's, there's either smiles or people like react with disdain or they're disturbed, which is what you kind of set out to do because I'm not really interested in placating people. Mm -hmm. So I've created a being that kind of sorts through people. So when I definitely have had experiences of like, what is that? Who are you? What Um, about Tokyo Sing Song? Was there a... Yeah, I was saying to you before once uh, because there's this beautiful place called Tokyo Sing Song which is underneath the Marlborough Hotel in Newtown, along May It Live. And uh, I I curate there sometimes and I was hosting one night and it was very packed and this one kind of like broad dude came up to me and kind of stood me against the wall and was like, hey... You are really hot, but it's so confusing. Like, I really need to know, are you you a man or a woman? And I was like, it doesn't matter. I was just trying to dance away from him. He's like, no, no, I really need to know, are you a man or a woman? Tell me. tell. And he, this went on for like 10 minutes, him following me around. And I eventually like kind of climbed up on the bar and got the mic and um, just stopped the music. And like 100 people turned around like, Rip. Uh, <laughs> hey, everyone. This guy just keeps asking me this question. It must be really important to him. So I'm just going to have him ask it to the room. And I gave him the mic. He's like, uh, are you a man or a woman? And the whole room kind of went, Rip. and I went, hey, I think that question says more about you than it does about me. And the whole room was like, yay. And he kind of smiled and then shuffled away. So there is that reaction a lot. And it is sad when people, uh, there is they are, there is a kind of violence to their non-understanding. But that's just a reflection of this world that we live in. Yeah, not being able to put something in a box is frustrating. Yeah, it's got to be out of the box. Right? <laughs> Hence why Emma May Gibson is on the show today. And uh, I think it's time to take a track. And I was thinking maybe we could just whack on some Razor K. Yeah. And uh, you've actually appeared in a Razor K music video. Highly recommend looking it up. Razor, R-A-I-S-A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the song is Feeder. So um, tell us a bit about what what you might find in such a video. Yes. Uh, it was another early birdie episode. I'd, I'd been over to London and I randomly got set up in this house with some people and I was walking around the house and introducing myself and I was introduced to this chick called Mika and uh, and and then I figured out it was Mikachu and the shape. Mikachu and the shape. Yeah. Oh and I'm like, oh, it's like living right next door to me. And then I met Razor and then Razor asked me to do a video for this really amazing song. And in it I have, um, I treated it like I was a beautiful playboy bunny on the beach getting shot for a beautiful video. So it's Betty's. Betty's go at being a superhuman supermodel.
And here's a beautiful song to go with that beautiful moment on a beautiful beach.
on FBI 94.5. That was Razor K with Feeder. And my guest today on Out of the Box, who brought that in, is Emma Mae Gibson, otherwise known as Betty Grumble. And you can see her as Betty in that music video, rolling around a beach very luxuriously, occasionally giving the odd flex, which brings us to your mum. Oh, my mum. Hi, mum. She's probably listening. Hi, Carmen. Yeah, my mum is an incredible person. She's at art school now. She's at the National Art School. Awesome. And what was she doing before she was at art school? What was she doing? Harassing me. To be brilliant. (laughs) Thank you, mum. Um, <laughs> very egotistical was meant to be a joke. But my mum was my mum. One of her phases of her life was a very accomplished bodybuilder. I saw a photo. Oh my god! I've never seen anyone so sculpted. Na- natural bodybuilder as well. You know, natural. Na- you know, no, as no, in no, 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 no mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you know, an aerobics. You know, I think she was three months pregnant with me. Like one an aerobic competition, which is why I can never stop moving, probably. I just noticed now I'm just rocking back and forth and squatting. This is something I've noticed also. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I can be still. Stillness is power. But my mother, yeah, was a bodybuilder and I cool. think, and she knows as well, that I use a lot of those shapes and energy in that act So so doing Betty. It's kind of got, Betty's got almost a bit of a lineage from your mum. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is your mum cool with Betty? Does, does your mum like Betty Grumble? She, does now I think it was uh confronting for her when I first started playing with my body my fleshy body my naked body fair enough because she's my mum um yeah. and also I think uh, she has concerns just mum concerns about uh, putting something out in the world where you know people may not receive it with love and light all the time but mm-hmm. she totally supports me yeah Awesome. Yeah, I'm very lucky with my family. Yeah, what about the rest of your family? Your dad's a doctor? My dad's say? a doctor. Doctor Gibbo. Dr. Yeah. Gibson. Yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's a GP out in Fairfield. Nice. I've been doing that. My my little brother's at, at, at uni. He's an amazing person. What's he studying? As well. He's in computer. Computer games. Computer nice. engineering. Actually, does he help you a little bit with your art? Yes, he does. He does. he did my Betty logo. We have a we have a great relationship going on where we help each other out because he's um he I, I still live at home in mm-hmm. the burbs or and you know on people's couches when I need to. In but the St George area. In the St George area. Hey, the uh, Dale of Rock, Cogra Bay, K Bay, Cars Park, and I live at home because I help my little brother because he's in a wheelchair and um, my family and I all help him get around and we have gotten a, a car for him which is exciting you know you can drive it with your hands ah, computerized yeah. yes yes nice total cyborg <laughs> <laughs> and what does what does he think of emma uh well, no, what does he think of betty i what should say he, he well, probably what likes he you emma? if you're helping well, him out you know <laughs> yeah he, um he kind of just kind of squints his eyes and does a grin that's his response to the work. But he, he totally also has that sense of humour. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Have you ever had any kind of like interesting family conversations about Betty? Yeah. How do yeah. they play out? Family screaming matches. Um, uh, yeah. Or, or actually, my mother's like, we'll see a photo of me. I, is that my is that my old bodybuilding bikini? Like, <laughs> oh, you know, and he's like, oh. And then she will get upset that I have taken it without asking. But then I apologise and show her that it's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's great. Yeah, I think it's time for a track. We might as well yeah. whack on something by Okenio. And this is someone you know, right? Yeah. I'm, yeah. So I'm in a production at Belvoir at the moment called La Traviata, which is a Sisters Grimm uh, production. Yeah, that was, you know, for a couple of years recently, that was the most performed opera in the yeah. world. Are you doing just your casual rendition? No, it is a total breakdown of... Um, uh, 
you know, um, uh, ideas around the, the current situation with arts funding. So, you know, Senator George Brandis yes. and his... Uh, Art Excellence Fund or whatever. I know. Which, you know, you, as we know, opera is getting a lot of the money now. Because it's pretty excellent. Because it's excellent and people who are very wealthy like to go. Um, and, or not, you know, I'm not going to slam opera. But I will. But I won't. But we're Just kind slam of it lightly. Unpacking the idea of, you know, art for the people and ideology and... Yeah, it's a really fun and amazing show. But Zinzi Akenyo is in the cast. She plays Alfredo to my Violetta. And can people see this? Yes, yes, we are. We are finishing this week. So if you can grab a ticket, you should. You should go. You should get it because we finish on Sunday. So that's La Traviata at Belvoir. Belvoir. Mm. All right, easily Googleable. La Traviata. There we go. All right, Akenyo. Here we go, and uh, we'll just whack that song on. How about we do that? You're listening to Out of the Box on FBI 94.5. My name's Ash Berdebez, and today I've got Emma Mae Gibson, a.k.a. Betty Grumble, on the show. There's power in your broken chest. It's time to open up and take the rest. Nobody gonna save you when you're on the run So pick up your feet before the day is done Before the day is done Nobody gonna save you when you're cracking up 
so pick up your feet before the day is done. Before the day is done. Great track from Akenyo here on Out of the Box and FBI 94.5. What about my guest today, who is Emma May Gibson, aka Betty Grumble. She's been with me for the past hour playing tracks of uh, Myriad Persuasions. And this one is by someone who you're in a play or a opera with at the moment, yes, La Traviata. We're in the opera together. Yeah, this is uh, Okenyo, um, otherwise known as Zinzi Okenyo, who is just an amazing actor, artist, musician. Just killing it. It's amazing. And if people want to see that, they can just go to the Belvoir this mm. week and then it's going to be all gone. And, uh, and it's hectic times because Sydney Fringe is on as well. And I'm So in, much to oh, see. No, I'm in another show and it's next week and it's called um, Screamers. Ooh. And it's directed by Kevin Vance and it's full of a heaps of amazing queers and it's playing at Giant Dwarf 22nd, 23rd, 24th. So you hit your Sydney Fringe website and... Come see us. So what kind of person would like this Screamers that, you know, who would want to see it? Mm, mm, why mm. why sell it? Just yeah, sell yeah, a human being. But also <laughs> other people who are, you know, kind of experience discontent with the current political climate. Mm-hmm. People who like Diana Ross. <laughs> Which is why this is playing <laughs> in the background. Uh, I think it's just a free-for-all celebration of bodies of difference. Uh, kind of delivered in this hyper camp musical hecticness. Well, it sounds delightful. Yes. Screamers. Speaking of delightful, it's been delightful having you on the show today and we've got time for one last song to take in a second and Candy Royale is Mm. going to be it for us Mm. and then Beth is coming in to take care of everyone's lunch needs in terms of uh, music for two hours. Mm. Hope you got a big sandwich to uh, spend it with Beth. And uh, this one's called Sleazy Salesman. And why do you want to bring on something by Candy Royale? Uh, Candy Royale is a, an amazing Sydney-based artist, performance poet, poet, uh, and she is a, an incredibly dear friend of mine. And I wanted to play something by her because I think she's just incredible. She's like on the same level as Patti Smith for me. What makes Candy incredible? Um, when you see her perform, it's so totally full of conviction and love, and her. She's so eloquent mm. in the way that she speaks about what she speaks, which is often about being a human, uh, about the current political climate, um, about her own experiences of love and loss. Yeah, actually, I think one day I'd love to get Candy on the show. Yeah, that would make perfect great. sense, right? That would yeah. be a great show. Mm. Uh, well, I'll tee that up after this show. And at the moment, that's going to be us taking our last track and it is by candy royale and it's called sleazy salesman thanks so much for coming on the show today emma may it has been a ball all right you're listening to fbi 94.5 out of the box out beth in Skins. We're soul-seeking second-hand change. Look, it's it's not that we're craving 
something sinister, but more that we fear becoming lifelong bachelors and spinsters. Alone within our relationships, lonely hearts aboard too many sinking chests and bloodless deaths. These salesmen are making promises hard to resist. Life well, like being able to exist in a place where the hearts ache never learns to learn. For the pain of being crisscrossed by stretch marks Others selling scars, travelling like train tracks towards wrangled wrecks Making histories too obvious and too stark Yes, sir. 